Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Who knew that so many famous people had had strange experiences? This week we're joined by author, QI elf and host of the No Such Thing as a Fish podcast, Dan Schreiber, where we'll be discussing the notable and accomplished people that have had paranormal experiences and the adversity they faced due to what they have witnessed. before we chat to Dan, let's look at this week's story, which was sent in by email from Alexandra. Hi, Yvette. Oh my God, I'm so happy I found your podcast. I'm such a fan. I grew up watching your Most Haunted show and so glad I found your podcast. I am 31 years old and I've always been a highly sensitive individual. I can walk into a room and I pick up on all the emotions and energies of the people in that room. My best friend is also a highly sensitive person. When we were in our teens, we used to experience so many paranormal phenomenons, most when we were together, and it's always intrigued us. But one day, like a week after Halloween, we were both 15 years old and we were just chilling out in her room. Her mum came up to her room, knocked on the door to let us know that she was driving her grandma home. We said, OK, cool, see you later. Everything was all good, or so we thought. When her mum came back, she came up to my friend's room to have a serious chat with us. She said, girls, what have you been taking? What drugs have you been taking? We were stunned, choked. We hadn't taken anything at all. We were doing pedicures and gossiping. We assured her nothing. And she could see at that stage that we were completely sober. Then she explained the reason as to why she was asking. Before she drove my friend's grandma home, she walked up to my friend's room, knocked on the door just to let us know where she was going. My friend opened the door in a furious state. Her eyes were all black. And she was screaming at her mum that she didn't care and to leave us alone. Her mum looked at me. I was just sitting there in the room with completely black eyes. She got scared, choked and took a step back and my friend slammed the door right in front of her. Both my friend's mum and grandma remember this clear as day, hearing the yelling, seeing the black eyes. Nor me or my friend have any kind of recollection of this occurring. For us, it was seriously just a normal afternoon after school. I have no idea what happened to us that afternoon. Well, I have my thoughts. But it's so scary to know that you've done and said things in a completely sober state that you have absolutely no memory of. During Halloween, we'd watch lots and lots of horror movies. I don't know if this opened us up to this experience. Maybe. Maybe. 
This has never happened again, thank goodness. Many other things, but this is by far the scariest thing that has ever happened to me. And I wasn't even aware. This is a story I never tell people simply because it sounds so crazy. Like, we were crazy. Anyway, thank you again for your podcast. You are amazing. Well, thank you. And that comes from Alexandra. Well, hi, Alexandra. Well, I wasn't expecting that at all. And how peculiar and absolutely terrifying. The only time where something really freaky happened to me that was a little similar was when I was regressed many, many years ago and apparently went into some sort of trance-like state. I began to tremble and then scream as if in total agony. And when I came around, I was on the floor sobbing my heart out. I don't remember anything about that situation at all. And the only thing I can think of is that during the hypnotism, my brain went into some kind of, I don't know, memory or shock or sort of some sort of horrendous recall about a past life. I wonder if something similar could have happened to you and your friend, maybe because you've been watching so many horror and paranormal movies, your brains had soaked up negative energies and you for a brief moment became what you both feared. It's also very strange that your mum describes the black eyes. Had you both turned into black eyed children? I mean, it's really fascinating that, that the whole story and incredibly creepy too. And I bet you didn't sleep well after that night, did you? I know I wouldn't. I admit, I don't really have an explanation for this email, I have to say, but I wonder if anyone listening might have an answer. If you do, please let me know, as I'm sure Alexandra would love to hear your theories. Don't forget, you can send your voice notes in even easier to our WhatsApp number. And here it is. It's 075-999-27537. 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Train Happy Podcast with me, Tally Rye. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. Each week, we'll be digging into an intuitive and inclusive approach to our health and well-being as we're joined by leading experts, friends of mine, and you to hear more about the journey of letting go of diet culture and feeling good in the skin you're in. It's a podcast for everyone, no matter what body you're in. You can find us wherever you found this podcast. Just search Train Happy wherever you get your podcasts and hit follow. Well, I'm delighted uh, to be joined by Dan Schreiber, producer, podcaster, and writer. Um, his current podcast, No Such Thing as Fish, which began broadcasting in 2014, it's all about weird and wonderful facts. He also co-hosts The Krypton Factor, which is all about cryptozoology. Now, something that we've discussed here a few times on the show. And he presented a TV show for Channel 4 called The Great UFO Conspiracy. So... <laughs> Dan, a curious creature, a curious mind, obviously one uh, that's intrigued with the paranormal um, and anything weird and strange. Have you ever had anything um, paranormal happen to you? Yeah, I have actually. And lovely to be here, by the way. Thank you for having me on your show. I, I love listening to it. Um, I I have had it. I had it when I was 10 years old. And I'm much like a lot of people that you must come across in life, Yvette. I am one of those people who would so desperately love to fully give in to the idea that this is all real, but I, I haven't had the full proof that's pushed me over to the full belief. Hmm. So I'm, a, I'm, uh, I'm agnostic to it all. Um, and I do, I do love the idea of all of this existing, be it, you know, yetis or ghosts or aliens visiting. I, I find it all so appealing and I'm on a constant search to find for myself that, that proof. So for me, it's a very annoying thing then that I had absolute proof happen to me when I was 10 and I've still not bought into it a hundred percent because I had a, I had a poltergeist experience when I was staying in a haunted hotel in Tibet. And it's a thing that was absolutely terrifying at the time. And I actually feel quite bad for the poltergeist uh, because if I'm going around going, well, I'm not sure it was real. I just think it would be like, well, what do I have to do? I scared the <laughs> hell out of you. I, I, It was a pretty extraordinary event. I was, I, I think I was 10 years old at the time. And there was one hotel 
that was in Tibet that was a sort of international hotel. It was the Holiday Inn. And my uncle Dean, he ran the Holiday Inn as one of their managers. He, at the time, it was very hard to get anyone to come in to Tibet because of the laws in China and so on. But I lived in Hong Kong, and that's where I was born and raised. And um, we somehow got in through my uncle. We were allowed to go and stay. So it was a pretty spectacular and spiritual experience, even if you're not spiritual, to, to be around all of the monks and to go to where the Dalai Lama used to live and so on. It really gets to you. It really makes mm-hmm. you think differently. Um, and one thing we weren't told was that the hotel was supposedly haunted by my uncle, who'd been living there, and he'd experienced quite a few paranormal things in the in the hotel at that point. So when he first arrived, he and his fiance were they were sitting in their room one night, and they just heard thumping upstairs, like this this just real kind of like what is that? There's just it's making all this noise. And eventually they went, why don't you go up and check it? So he went upstairs and he knocked on the door that was directly above and there was no answer. And he thought, God, okay, so maybe they've gone to sleep. He went back downstairs and Bettina, his fiance, said, I thought you told them to stop. And he said, there was nothing going on up there. And he could still hear the noise coming through, this thumping. He had no idea what it was. So he's at breakfast the next morning and he's talking to some of the other guests who were staying there. And they said, no, we didn't hear any thumping because they were on the floor that Dean was experiencing the noises above from. He said, well, what do you think well, what I was hearing? They said, well, we don't know. It might have been the family, though, because there was a girl running on the hall all night, and we could hear her sort of laughing and so on. And Dean froze because he knows who stays in the hotel, and there was no little girl in the hotel that night. So all of them realized they were having these very odd paranormal experiences in, in a very short space. So when we arrived, they decided not to tell us. They thought, better not tell them, they'll freak out. And so for me, this is this is my experience. I was sitting in a room with my sister and my two other friends, and we were wrestling on the bed, we're kids, we're having dinner, but my sister was sitting in the corner of the room. She's about nine years old at the time, eight turning nine. She's just staring at her food and staring at her glass. And she just, every time I looked, she just seemed to be a bit in like a trance-like state. And then I don't know what happened, but a sort of mood, my memory of it is there was a mood change and we all turned and we stared at my sister. And in that moment, the glass that was sitting in front of her on the table just lifted off the table. It just went up in the air and it hovered right in front of her face for what felt like it must've been a few seconds. And then it shattered, just went whoosh. Wow. And there was glass all over the floor and we all ran out immediately. We were petrified. And we ran down to our parents who were down in the restaurant below. We grabbed them. They all came upstairs and they all saw the glass. So what's amazing was it was carpeted floor and the the desk was, uh, the table was a normal table height. If you were going to drop a glass at that height, you're going to get a crack. Mm. You're not going to get a smashed thing. The, The top half of the glass was smashed into little tiny shards, but the bottom was sort of melted into a weird formation as if you needed like deep heat for it. Yeah. Mm. So you had two sort of different examples. That's the thing that struck me most. Mm. I remember uh, afterwards and the parents. So yeah, that happened. And despite that happening, I'm still um, not fully converted, but I think about it every, every so often. I'm just saying, what, what was that? What was that? What the hell did we experience there? I mean, that's it. And the way you're, you think about, you know, all sorts of 
rational explanations of what could have caused that? Was there a high level of electromagnetic fields within that part of the building that could have caused things to levitate? Because that's been proven as well, hasn't there? The scientists have pushed loads of electricity and EMF into one particular room. Hoovers were going off on their own. Things were levitating. Toasters were flying in the air. You know, so that is a logical explanation for perhaps what happened there. You see, I always try to look for the logical explanation and things before jumping to the to the conclusion that this is a ghost. But my God, I mean, I've heard that story so many times where a glass will lift off the table and then smash. But the fact that the bottom of it was sort of melted and what that sounds really weird. That does sound almost electrical, doesn't it? Like it's been melted with heat. Yeah, it, I mean, it really was bizarre. And I know I was quite young, but I, I specifically remember that the fact was we said, China, that which is my sister's name, China lifted the glass off the table and it exploded. There was a lot of immediate skepticism mm. about that. And the parents came up. When they saw the glass on the ground, I think that's when everyone thought, hang on, what, what has happened here? Because it was... It was so out of place. The 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 shape of it really looked like an ice sculpture after wow. after a lot of heat. So yeah. it was really bizarre. And I'm I'm really annoyed that we never kept the glass because my uncle, despite living in a supposed haunted hotel, is the he's petrified of everything. And maybe actually that's what made him petrified of everything. If you if you say literally if you say boo now, he kind of jumps. It's- um, <laughs> so he kind of he he wanted all the evidence gone. He was like, let's just, let's chuck this away. He was like, no way am I keeping, you know, poltergeist glass in the the hotel. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because like I've been investigating the paranormal for 20 years and people say to me, oh, you must be so brave now. And I say, no, I'm actually worse. Why, they say. And I say, because I know, I've seen with my own eyes, I've heard things with my own ears. I know what they're capable of doing and it scares Mm. the crap out of me. And that's a similar thing to what your uncle must have gone through because he was living with it, wasn't he? And he must have seen so much. And and it does, it really does make you think, oh my God, you know, I, I know it's real. I know it's happening and I don't I don't want it to get any worse. So it can be really scary. Um, that's yeah. it. I, I, it's a shame he didn't keep the glass because that would have been really interesting to see, wouldn't it? I know. I, it's really one of the great regrets. I wish I was a bit older to have the sense of mind to do that, but yeah. we, we just didn't know what was going on. Also, we thought it was my sister and which again, it could have been she was in a hypnotic state staring yes. at this glass and yeah. you know there could be again i'm i'm not saying i i subscribe to all this stuff but you know there are th- options of telekinesis if it yeah. was her there are options of so many things that it could have been um i f- i find that awesome to hear that you're someone who is so vulnerable to what you're experiencing that it can get to you because you sometimes get the impression that in the ghost hunting world, it's, it's a lot about the chase and the excitement rather than the truth. And the truth is, is that you're, you're trying to work out whether or not there is life that exists after our current life form. And, and that can be a scary thing. It's not all, it's not all happy. No, definitely. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, it's an incredible, I feel very blessed for the things that I've experienced. But some of the things, I mean, you know, as people know, you know, I resigned once because I was so terrified at what I'd seen. Mm. And I just thought, I can't, what the heck? This is just a TV program. We're messing here with something I don't understand. Um, but then, you know, you, you like you, you, you're thinking, right, come on, then I really want to get to the bottom of this. What the hell's going on here? 
So, I mean, you did that, didn't you, with the, the great UFO conspiracy? And I love the fact that this is, I love this about you. And <laughs> we've never met, but I love the fact that a lot of people that when they're interviewing people that have had UFO experiences or any paranormal experiences, if they've never experienced anything like that before, you can kind of see that skepticism and almost that sort of sly humor um, <laughs> coming into their minds as they're asking questions as if saying, yeah, right, you, you completely lost it. Yeah, whatever. We're having a mm. laugh at your expense. But you didn't, you don't do that. And you're so respectful of people that have had these experiences. And you actually, you know, are quoted as saying these were really lovely people and you enjoyed spending time with them. You believe that there are aliens out there. I'm talking for you here. They believe that aliens are out there, but they just haven't visited <laughs> us yet. Would, is that correct? Or have you changed your mind a bit on that now? Uh, no, it's still that, but it's definitely that. I absolutely think there is life in the universe. And it's just a question of, have they got to us yet via any kind of communication or not? That's really kind of you, by the way, to say about um, my approach, because that that is absolutely it. I, I had a lot of experiences that I very memorable making that UFO documentary. Some were a, a bit on the scarier side because I think sometimes that world particularly can turn into quite sinister mindsets if you get mm. too far into it with um, conspiracies about people and certain races and so on. Mm. And um, but the the other side of it is there's a lot of amazing people who fundamentally are just trying to help us answer a big question. And they get mocked and ridiculed for it their whole life, mm. yet they still, at their heart, are trying to do it on behalf of everyone else. Mm. If they believe that we're we're being attacked by some form of aliens, the, the reason they want us to, and you know, the government are hiding it, the reason they're they're trying to find an answer to it is they want to then tell us who who are mocking them and so on around the world and say, I've stuck in there just so I could get you the answer. And I really admire that about them. Um, and also, I think these documentaries don't show you the real 3D side of all these people as well, mm. which my one, as much as I try to get it in, didn't achieve either, which is, you know, after they tell you the UFO story, they might then tell you about their favorite football team or a really good book they're reading, mm. or they're still humans. They're yeah. humans with interests outside of UFOs or or any of, you know, stuff like paranormal and cryptozoology. They're they're, they're all people that you sit in the pub with every day. If you if you did a survey of any pub that you were sitting in in the UK and you went around and just said, let's all quickly just say what our weird beliefs are, you'd be shocked by the absolute variety of, of different views and different realities in one pub, yet we all manage to sit together in one room and yeah. get on. Yeah. And, and these shows often don't present that side. and that So that, that really annoys me about that stuff. And I'm still in contact with a few of the people that I made, you know, some of the conspiracy theorists that I was interviewing for the show, we're still in touch. Uh, some of them are really nice. I hope that you continue to, to you know, keep going um, because there's so many stories out there and, and a lot of people are too embarrassed to come forward. You know, a lot of people don't want to admit that they've seen a ghost or they've had a poltergeist in their house or they've seen a UFO or they've been abducted. They're absolutely, no, people think I'm a crackpot. I mean, the amount, I'm not kidding, Dan, um, the amount of people, you know, that have in the media as well and 
and, and other celebrities, um, I mean, have actually looked at me and one particular chap just turned around and went, I think what you do is really stupid. And you just think, yeah. whoa, hang on. I, you know, that this is, this is my belief. This is what I believe in. This is my life. This is what I'm investigating. It's not stupid. It, I'm, I'm trying to find out what's going on here. Does that make me a stupid person? You know, I don't think so. But there are some very rude, arrogant, ignorant people out there. And, and uh, you know, so thank you for, for making that uh, the great UFO conspiracy. And I'm sure people listening will want to watch that and, uh, and, and go and find it. And you've got um, a book out at the moment, haven't you? And it's just called A Theory of Everything Else, A Voyage into the World of the Weird. <laughs> I'm going to have to get a copy of this. Yeah, it's um, it's something that I've been thinking about writing for very, very a very long time, um, which is I'm obsessed with people who think differently. I'm also obsessed with the ideas that they have about how things are on this on this planet and in the universe. And I I just noticed through the sort of 10 years that I've been doing, or no, more than 10 years now of working on things like QI and mm. the podcast that I do, which is largely just finding interesting facts, is that I, it's really hard to find anyone out there who's changed the world who didn't subscribe to something a bit weird who had a <laughs> little bit so of bananas in them. That's so true. I mean, I always use Edison as an example. You know, Edison made the first ghost phone, well, the prototype. Absolutely. I mean, how amazing is that? Look at his that guy's mind, you know, and Einstein. I mean, it was proven, wasn't it, when they actually took a sample of his brain that it was so different to anybody else's brain. There were things in his brain that, that the tissue and so on that was scientists and neuroscientists were like, what the heck is this? I mean, what, what does that say? I mean, that's just incredible, isn't it? Well, I think these people are like Edison, particularly. So yeah, he tried to make this ghost phone. There's a story that when he passed away, and it's a true story, but I don't know if if he thought that it was true what would happen. But do you, have you heard about the little uh, test tubes that were kept no. by his bedside? No, tell so me. So the idea was the last gasp that he would give when he died. The idea was that they would capture. I think there was the idea that sort of little people escaped from your your body at this point, your consciousness or whatever, mm-hmm. and they, it was captured in these little test tubes and given to Henry Ford, who kept them in his office with him. It was the the, the final breaths of Thomas Edison. Wow. Um, he he had all these little theories. One thing he's actually in the book for one tiny thing, which was he used to believe that if you went to bed at night after a full day of work and you changed into your pajamas, the act of changing out of your work clothes into your pajamas literally changed the chemistry of your body so you would suffer insomnia. So he used to go to sleep every single night wearing his his work clothes, which were covered in dust and metals. And his wife used to kick him out of bed, actually, because <laughs> she was like, I can't breathe. It's, it's so dusty in here. And, you know, he said, that's how you cure your insomnia. You, you'd go to sleep in your work clothes. And I, I put this on Twitter and I asked, are there any insomniacs that could help me out? And I had, I think, like 20 different people around the world all trying it for three or four nights just to see if it would work. And I mean, the resounding answer was no, it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> and the other main point was Thomas Edison clearly never had to go to sleep in an underwired bra because uh, <laughs> that is not a doable thing. So... But like, <laughs> so true. One one of my other great ones um, that I loved is that Marconi, who was a pioneering inventor of radio, yeah. he believed that voices once this, the words we're saying right now they never disappear altogether; they just get softer and softer. So 
they're all still here. Everything that's ever been said on Earth is still here. And surely we could build a machine that could detect sensitive enough uh, frequencies to find these lost words. So he wanted to build a machine that he could go and record the Sermon on the Mount by Jesus Christ oh, and wow. capture the a, real words as said. That's amazing, isn't it? When you think about, um, I wonder if anybody's sort of taken that idea and tried to run with it. I know we've got EVP, which I work with an awful lot, Dan. And let me tell you, oh my God, it blows my mind. Absolutely mm. blows my mind. And it's not, I don't work with the spirit box. I don't do any of that. I, I just literally just use a, a very controlled system. So I'm not picking up random words. And these are sentences that we're getting. And it's it's incredible. And so for me, EVP, which, you know, Edison was the sort of the forefront for that, wasn't he really sort of, you know, convinced that, you know, we could talk to to the spirit world. I mean, I just love that. And that's my big argument when people sort of poo poo everything and say, well, ghosts are a load of rubbish, what load, of, you know, that how, how there's no life after death. And I say, well, you know, some of the most eminent minds in our, you know, in our history did believe and they're not, they weren't crazy. I think there's, um, there was a, a piece just gone out, I think whether it's to, uh, today or yesterday, I can't remember now, but some uh, neuroscientist in Spain, I've probably got that wrong, has basically said, and I'm really paraphrasing here, that anybody that has had or seen a ghost or had a paranormal experience, there's something wrong with their brains neurologically, okay. <laughs> which I was like, okay. So I had to respond and and I, I said, so all these eminent amazing people in our world that have created some fantastic inventions for us. Most of, well, not most of them, but some of them were spiritualists and had paranormal encounters. Are you saying that their minds and their brains were, you know, not, not quite right? You know, I, I, I just think that's a very strange thing to say. Yeah. Did you get a reply? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, no. So what really started it for you? Now you told us about your experience um, when you were in mm. Tibet, but what was the pinpoint for you where the pinpoint time when you just went, oh my God, this is really fascinating. I need to find out more about it. I've always been, I mean, I remember when I was very, very young, in Hong Kong, we had a, we were, it was a stormy typhoon night and we were at a friend's house and they had a guest over who started telling us that she had been abducted by an alien. And I just remember that being a mind blowing concept. And I, sometimes I feel like we, we're so trained by the literature of fiction that we read of superheroes existing mm. and um, just great characters like Indiana Jones or Harry Potter or Superman. And and you rarely then meet in real life the people who kind of feel like they're part of a different world, part of a different um sort of just dimension almost. And mm. that's what she felt like. And there was something that lit up in me there where I thought, wow, what what if she's telling the truth? And then I think it largely was when I moved to Australia when I was 13 years old, my parents put me into a Rudolf Steiner school, which is a very, um, uh, it's, it's a controversial school because Steiner was a Austrian philosopher who had a lot of controversial views and he was very much part of a spiritualist group that was run by Madame Blavatsky and mm. he had um, very questionable views about the origin of man. However, the school system has kind of, at least the school I went to, morphed in quite 
into quite a hippie school that focused on the creative for children and so on. But as a result, we had some very kooky teachers. And it was kind of one of those schools where you always go, oh, I had that one teacher. It was a school that sort of hired that one teacher for all the classes. So everywhere you went, you were just dealing with a new Hogwarts-like character. <laughs> um, it was like Rhonda Byrne was running it from The Secret. She's the headmistress. And, <laughs> and we had all of these kind of kooky characters. And I just fell in love. I always just thought that's the bit of the dinner table I always wanted to sit at. The person who was telling about something different that they were exploring. Yeah, and yeah. I do I do think we're all kind of like detectives really. Everyone seems to be working on a on a case. It's where it's where the title of the book, The Theory of Everything Else, comes from, because scientists are looking for the theory of everything, this one all-encompassing theory. But the rest of us, we're looking into time travel and we're looking into mm. ghosts and UFOs and we're 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 and individually we're all on the case and we're looking for the theory of everything else while they're busy doing that. And so anyone who ever comes in and has a different story to tell and a different experience that gives you a little bit of goosebumps and just alters you for a second, I find that a really valuable thing to have in your day-to-day -day life. It's, it's like a magic eye and they tell you a story and just for a second, you see the image in the magic eye and it changes your world just for one second. And then when you blink, you're out of it. But I really admire that that one second glimpse that I get through these chats. And that's kind of, I guess, what sparked it. That's fantastic. So that the book is called A Theory of Everything Else, A Voyage into the World of the Weird. Uh, and it's by Dan Schreiber, who I'm talking to right now. Uh, and I have to say, I am going to get it. And if, if we were in communication, I would say, please, can you sign one for me? Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> it sounds like it's one of those books that you go, oh, yeah, I could really get into that. You know, so uh, good luck with it. And I'm sure it'll be a, a massive uh, bestseller. I think it's the number one bestseller, isn't it, on radio? Am I right there? Oh, I don't know. It, oh, I think it, it I, might yes, be. It, it shifts. Was, I, I was having a look and I, it was going number one bestseller and I was like, oh, ooh, that looks good. Yeah. Yeah. It's what's got, it's got a lot of ghosty stuff in there. So it sometimes goes to number one. There's a, there's a chapter yes. in there, which is particularly about the spiritualist movement where oh, a lot of, a, do you know, do you remember that period when Mark Twain had been um, supposedly contacted through a seance and he wrote a book from the other side, which was published uh, called Jap Heron. Um, and there was a huge court case and it was looking like Mark Twain's spirit was going to have to come to court to justify. <laughs> they they uh, almost brought a Ouija to, to court in order amazing. to do that. Amazing. And Victor Hugo, do you know his story uh, now, before he wrote Les Mis? Yeah. Tell, remind everybody. Go well, on. he did. He, he was in exile in two years on the island of Jersey and someone came over with a three-legged table to do table tapping and he spent two years talking to spirits about everything and he spoke to Mozart and his son and him wrote an original or, or took down the transcription of an original Shakespeare play from the other side like this is this is someone who you wouldn't necessarily place as a spiritual person mm. yet here he was for two years doing that and it's actually kind of thanks to one of the spirits he was talking to the spirit of civilization that Les Mis was finished at all because he was finding it too hard to write and he was abandoning it and then the spirit said this thing you're working on and then said something that no one else could have known about the book to him said you need to finish it and he went okay i will and that's why we have 
Les Mis, largely, to thank. I, it, it, I love stories like that. And I know, <laughs> so I don't know if you know this about me, Dan, but we do um, a private sitting. Every week we do a sitting and I'm in communication. We use table tipping. We use a tapping board. So, I mean, it's incredible. If you've never experienced it yourself, the knocking and the tapping and rapping phenomena will come through and I'll, I'll point to letters and then they'll make words. And we've wow. had conversations with all sorts of people. Uh, we had a, a, a friend of ours who was writing um, a, a film, had it in front of the producers and she hadn't finished it. And she was really upset because she was like, what's wrong with it? I can't finish it. What's wrong with it? And they just tapped through. They just said, you need to have more comedy have more fun, mm. which she did. So she changed it to the end. Um, and, and just lots of different things. I was told by my dad via the tapping board. I said, oh, what shall I do? You know, I don't really know what to do, where I'm going. And he just said, write, keep writing. And I have. And it's bizarre, isn't it? So it's sort of like having these communications. And most people, you know, when I tell these stories, they look at me like, which I'm very careful about who I talk to about it, because they do look at me like, oh, my God, she's mad. But I know it to be the truth. And, and I'm very blessed and, and very happy to be able to have that communication with the other side. Well, I think it's amazing. Yeah. I do, are you, can I ask you a quick question mm. just about having chatted to family members mm. on the other side? I always thought I, I had a conversation during the course of the research for my book with the daughter of Hans Holzer, who is, um, Hans Holzer was one of the great ghost hunters in America mm. and largely who Dan Aykroyd was inspired by to create ghost. the Ghostbusters yeah. movies of. Um, Alexandra Holzer is her name and she's in contact with her father, Hans mm -hmm. Holzer, via spirits and so on. And I assume that that must be the greatest gift in the world to be able to have that contact. But she still was desperately sad about him not being here in the real world, despite knowing he was there and still chatting. And that that kind of shocked me that that it wasn't as comforting as I would have hoped it was, because largely that's why people want contact for that bit of comfort. Is it for you? Is it a comforting thing? Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I... <laughs> Everybody who listens to this knows the, these stories, but my dad and I were estranged before he died. And then when, right. when I found out that he died, I was just beside myself with, you know, we'd had an argument. Um, you know, he lived in America for a, a long, long time. We'd had an argument. We weren't speaking. And then he died. So as you can imagine, I mean, it happens to a lot of people. I was like, oh my God, I feel so guilty, even though I'd done nothing wrong. And it, it, to me, it was an incredible, comforting uh, situation I found myself in when all of a sudden I, the knocking started happening on my headboard. Behind, I have a wooden headboard and it would wake me mm. up in the middle of the night, would wake, wake my husband up in the middle of the night. And we thought, right, okay, somebody's trying to get through here. So we did a sitting and so on and so on. And um, after various um, questions, lots of different settings and, um, and sittings, we discovered it was my father. Because you have to make sure that who you're talking to is really who you're talking to. Um, and it was my dad. And um, we have become, <laughs> we have become closer now since he's died than he, than we were when he was alive. 
I speak to Amazing. him every single day. Um, he gives me advice. He even taps out. I'll say, you'll like this. He'll say, I'll say, what movie do you want to watch this this week, dad? Um, and just a couple of examples off the top of my head. Um, the first one was, um, I can't remember which order it was now, but The Magnificent Seven. We've had all the Clint Eastwood movies, Clint Eastwood documentaries. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I'm sat there watching them thinking, I, I, I've never seen the original Magnificent Seven. It's not something I would watch, but there you go, dad. And I always encourage anybody who's lost a loved one, get a birthday card on their birthday. Cheers them with a glass of champagne, you know, light a candle on a cake because they can see you and they can hear you and they're there and they, they love that. And it's really important uh, to do that. And Also, and they, it sounds like maybe put something on that you know they would have loved on the TV. Absolutely. Yeah. Put their favourite music on occasionally, yeah. just if they are around and you haven't made the contact give them a bit of uh, yeah stimulation absolutely. of their favorite yeah. pop culture yeah it, it's absolutely fantastic so I, I am very very blessed I mean there's loads I could tell you but you know it, it I, I am a very very lucky lucky person I speak to my grandmother I speak to my grandfather they give me advice uh, when I'm feeling very low they've given me you know um, uh, you know for instance when covid started I was really upset and frightened about that and I couldn't stop crying you know because at the time it was like oh my god you you know, it was such a catastrophic event, wasn't it, in the world? And uh, mm. I was very upset. And um, they came, they tapped out, please don't cry. Um, everything will be all right. Um, we're here with you. And it was just such a comforting thing to have that. And I am now getting journalists to come to my house. I, uh, myself and my husband, we help people that have lost loved ones in uh, traumatic circumstances. We get them connected with their loved ones. Um, and I just think it's very important to to share what we have to give comfort and help to other people. And we recently had um, the Daily Mirror came round and the journalist con uh, was connected with her mother. We filmed it all. She was in tears, you know, she's, this really is my, my mom. I can't believe I'm talking to her. And for me, that's why I, I'm desperate to get um, scientists to examine this properly because there's something going on here that's so extraordinary that, you know, perhaps Edison and Marconi, they were on the cusp of, and, and yet here it is for us. And scientists are going, oh, whatever. Yeah, it's just, yeah, you're nuts, <laughs> which is very mm. frustrating, really frustrating. But I'm, I'm keeping on, keeping on at them, ringing them up, emailing them, please come and see Good. this, you know? Definitely. Did your, Do you come from a family, do, with your father, did he have, as it were, the gift of no. being able to? No, nobody, nobody at all. It was, you know, very, I think. it seems know, to be a dynasty thing from what I've read uh, with a couple of things. My um, daughter, like yeah. Dan Aykroyd's family. Oh, I see. Yeah. No, my daughter's very into it. Um, is she right? Yeah, really into it, and uh, she's appeared on Most Haunted. She comes on. And that's another thing. We we started Most Haunted events for the public because we were sick and tired of people saying it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. So we said, right, let's start it so that the public can come and join in. So they do, and we've been running for years now. And it's wonderful when you get somebody along who's like the designated driver for the evening. He's the complete skeptic, thinks it's all a load of rubbish. By the end of the night, he's come up and he's gone, do you know, I've thoroughly enjoyed that. And it's really made me think I've, I've seen and experienced things that I just can't explain. And you go, bingo, that's what it's about. 
trying to open people's minds and, and eyes, you know, and, and, and to me that I get so excited about it all. And it's very similar to you, you know, that, like you were saying, you know, that opening of the eye, even if it's just for a, a split second or a few, few minutes or a few hours, you're just making people think about, hmm, perhaps there is something else out there. And that, that is what it's all about, isn't it? Absolutely. But and also, I also think that regardless of whether they like it or not, anyone who's skeptic, belief in ghosts and belief in the esoteric and the occult and whatever, it has changed the world. And it has been part of the way that people who have changed the world have used their methods to get to the inventions and the the ideas that they got to. It's, it's culturally so important. And mm. so it we we have so much to thank the paranormal world for for the progression of science and so on because people were looking for one answer but they found another answer but if they weren't looking mm-hmm. for that first one we might not have got there so it's a i think it's a hugely important thing that rationalism is is sort of needs to sit down a bit and just calm down <laughs> just chill out for a bit it's it's not horrible if people want to think like this um mm. and and study it and look into it more Absolutely. I tell you what, Dan Schreiber, we love you. And thank you so much for coming on the <laughs> well, show. You too. What you a lovely too. job. We it. just missed a bottle of wine there, didn't we? Could yeah, have had a bottle yeah. of wine. <laughs> that was a full evening. That was the beginning of a full evening of it was, boozing wasn't and chatting. It? it was, around, like you're saying, around the dinner table. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, it was fantastic. Thank you so much, Dan, for joining us. And please come back if there's anything else, you know, coming out that's new, um, you know, that we'll be interested in, which I'm sure uh, we will be. Uh, please uh, come back because uh, we'd love to have you. Thank you, Dan Schreiber. Thank you so much. Well, what a lovely chat that was. Thank you so much for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding. And a huge thanks to all our lovely listeners for sharing their paranormal stories with us. You can get in touch and share your own stories at contact at paranormalpod.co.uk or we are on WhatsApp. Here's that number again, 075-999-27537. We are on Instagram and our handle is this. It's at Paranormal Activity Pod. You can stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow and we'll be back again same time next week. But if you can't wait until then, visit this address. It's www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day early, you lucky things. And remember, this is the most important thing. If you see anything, hear anything, witness anything at all, unusual, spooky or eerie or strange, then report back to base. Remember, things aren't always as they seem. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.